hockey. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into a post-game edition of Judd's Hockey Show. It is Judd, it is A.J. Fredrickson, and it is a 3-1 to wild loss to the Calgary Flames here at home. It is the third consecutive loss. Obviously, the Wild got swept by the Jets over the weekend in Winnipeg, and then Sunday here, and uh, this is another defeat to a team from north of the border. And, A.J., there's a lot to talk about here, um, starting with this. Tonight, we found out um, before the game that Marcus Foligno joins the list of the walking wounded lower body injury. So by my count tonight, you had no Zuccarello, no Foligno, no Brodeen. Gustafson is out, so Fleury had to start again. And Letary is, is out. In were guys like uh, Sammy Walker, uh, Patan, um, uh, Lucini, I believe that's how you pronounce it, Mermis. Um, Long story short, I didn't think the Wild played poorly. I thought they actually, the first period was pretty lackluster and they gave up uh, two goals. But I thought, to the what Drake just said there, I thought that the goaltending from Flurry was incredibly solid. I thought the Wild played a solid second period. And before they ran out of gas in the third, I thought they were going to tie this score because it was two to one. But this goes back to what we were talked about, I think, on the last time that we did a JHS. And it's this. Unfortunately, Yes, you're banged up, but any margin for error or grace went out the window with that start. So it's it's very frustrating because you're falling farther and farther back with key games. And you would like to say, well, yeah, but they got a bunch of guys out and they'll be fine. The problem is that doesn't afford you the start that this team had. And so this is a real pickle that they find themselves in, excuse me, because of that fact is that they're losing valuable points. They are banged up, but their start was so bad, they don't get like, uh, okay, go back and that's fine. This is a real problem. And it's not even that they're losing, it's that they're also losing now three straight times in regulation. So not only is like, the there would be a little bit of grace if you're getting a point every other, you know, if those three, maybe you go to overtime, you lose in a shootout and both. You have now, it's it's a six point swing against teams in your conference. Two of those, uh, two of those games that you lost in regulation were a home and home against a team in your division that are directly above you. You can't afford to lose three straight against Western Conference opponents after the start that you had. Um, it, it, yes, to your point, I think I think they played more than more than enough to probably get a point in this game. Uh, Jacob Markstrom, two and a half goals saved above expected. So I mean, he he definitely played his butt off. But at the same time, if you're the wild, where's the finishing? Where's the finishing? You have power play opportunities. You, it seemed like you could argue for the final 20 minutes. They like, they won it fit, metaphorically the final two periods of this game, but didn't really have anything to show for it other than a kind of ticky tack garbage Pat Maroon goal to cut the lead in half at one point. So it's, I, it, it's frustrating. It's it's a frustrating loss because they're missing these guys. The, the talent of Kaprizov, the and Spurgeon, I know at, at one point uh, sat for quite a bit in this game. Um, I don't know. I have I haven't seen too much of an update on what. Do we know why? Because he I, came back and then in the second period he was paired with Mermis. It it was yeah. weird. He he was paired with your guy Goose. That then he sat the last three shifts of the first period, and then he came back in the second period and played. But they changed the 
the pairing and because we jump on and do the show immediately when the game is done. I'm not at John Hines and I don't know that John Hines would share it, but that was sort of a weird thing. And I don't know why Spurgeon didn't play. I was fearful that he had been lost because, I mean, he obviously plays a lot. So I was I at first feared he, he was hurt again, too. But that was a weird one. I'm not quite sure why. You know, it's funny, though, because what you just said, I've got in my notes and it starts with this one. My notes, I, I wrote this down in the third period because this guy had spurts in this game where he was pretty impressive. Um, but it's the but it's a same old, same old far too often. And it's this Marcus Johansson has too much skill not to have more production like you saw tonight. He made some really nice plays and he had some real nice opportunity. But, you, but you know, and yeah, it's a good defensive play, but he had that partial breakaway and the defenseman lifted his stick. And like, I look at what Johansson, like now is the time with Kaprizov out and with all of these guys out. Now is the time where number 90, you, you got to get him to what you said, finish. He's got to finish what he starts. And far too often, aside from the two goal game, I think it was against Detroit far too often age. He doesn't do that. And it's frustrating because if you, you know, to get as you, as you're saying, and you're exactly right, they need two points and they need two points at home and they need them against Western conference teams. And to get those points, Marcus Johansson needs to do more. And it's just so frustrating because you see the skill and you're sort of enamored with it. Like, Oh man, there's some skill here, but then he doesn't complete the mission. And if you've ever needed the mission completed, it's now. And he, he's he's like the movie that you watch and you're like, it's a hidden gem. You're like, wow, this movie is amazing, but you can't find it on any streaming service. It's on TV once a month at 3 a.m. on some channel you don't even pay for. Like, you know, you know the plot. You can get behind it. But and when you watch it, you're like, God, this is an enjoyable two and a half hours. It's just you don't watch it enough because it, it just doesn't show up enough. He we, we've seen him have the skill and the finishing in stints with the with, with the wild and now i just don't know where it is because this is like you said the perfect opportunity for a guy like him to be able to step up show off that skill and frankly pretty much earn brownie points to further his career in the nhl like, and, and get more money eventually when the next contract time for him comes up because right now this is the spotlight on him this is a time for you to step up take some reins and help drive this uh, drive the bus that is the minnesota wild team while you have Kirill Kaprizov out while you're battling injuries with a guy like Marcus Foligno out now. I don't, I don't understand. I, I don't understand how he is not producing more because he does have, he, he, he's not a superstar by any means. Don't get me wrong, but he's got enough in that package to where the produ- the production is just not there. It's just not there. And it's so frustrating because you see him do 90% and then that final 10%, we just can't, we, we just shut down. Everything comes to a halt. Turn off the lights, head home, pack it in. We're going out. I don't get it. And what's really uh, tough about that, too, and I've got this in my notes from the first period, is uh, the pass that Boldy set him up with in the first period against Markstrom, which was a great play, which should have resulted in a goal. And as uh, GA007 says, and he's right, JoJo has no finishing touch that's who he is and you know ordinarily it's frustrating but now it's deadly because you don't have Kaprizov you don't have guys and you know and when Patty Maroon is the guy who scored your only goal um, and it was a nice goal off of a play that he he actually initiated as well but you know that's not how you're going to get points. That's not how how you're going to win games. Um, what are your thoughts on Flower too? Because I I actually thought the first two goals were you know were 
by Calgary first period were tough. Um, and we touched on this briefly uh, in, in hypothesizing if Gus was going to be out for a while. And now we find out he's week to week. He was placed on IR. So he's going to be out for a while. And I'm guessing that we are going to see backup uh, Zane McIntyre against Tampa Bay on Thursday. But what are your feeling here, feelings here? Because, I mean, we're talking about a 39-year-old goaltender who, you know, I think was proving as a backup to Gustafson as far as not having to carry the workload. He was fine. But... I got some concerns here, and, and if, it, if this requires, once he's healthy and it sounds like he's close to being healthy at Iowa, that Jesper Wallstead gets called up, I'm fine with that because I don't think that you can ride flurry and think that that's going to work out well. I think that is a recipe for big problems, and I think these guys are smart enough to know that. Yeah, I think I need to first issue an apology to Marc-Andre Fleury because we talked on what New, New Year's Day following the uh, the home-and-home home sweep of that that the Jets did to the wild. And I, I said that if Gustafson was out for an extended period of time, I don't know you're going to be able to get the best out of Marc-Andre Fleury each and every night. Just at the age of 39, he just, you can't rely on him to do that. I saw that tonight. He he was phenomenal. Um, part of the reason why he was only 3-1 in a sense. Um, bailed out Alex Goligoski on multiple occasions, especially there was one shift it, it, it a pure disaster class it like honestly put it in the louvre because this thing was amazing it was about a 30 second shift it should have had an expectant goal for the for the flames of like three it was a bad turnover followed by a toe save and then another errant pass followed by a blocker save off the post and then it just i don't i don't understand how he's gonna be able to keep this type of performances up if they're gonna have to lean on him anything more than you know a 50 50 split with a guy like zane mcintyre or uh a jesper wallstad if they call him up if he can i mean by all means tell me i'm wrong i would love to be wrong in that sense i just don't know how it's too big of a gamble a no, human no body not at wrong. 39 like he, right he physically should not be able to do this every night so um i love that he was able to do it tonight and kept them in this game they just weren't able to back his performance yep. with one of their own but they like they can't rely on him. They're gonna have to put up, you know, three or four a game minimum moving forward, just yep. to like back up the one. He's gonna have nights where he's not looking like he did tonight. He's gonna let the the bad ones in. So it's to waste a performance like we saw tonight is just criminal, criminal. Yeah, and the problem tonight. So I so the first period I didn't think was great. I thought that the Wild certainly picked it up in the second period. And I thought in the third, they, they were fantastic for a portion. And I believe they uh, had 17 shots on goal or thereabouts in the third period. But to what you're saying about Flower, the team itself around him got tired. With about nine minutes left on, Calgary started to shift the domination of play towards them. And you could see guys were gassed. And you could see guys were tired. Um, Goligoski, I think, was demoted to the Bogosian pairing because of what you're talking about. But I don't see how this is going to work. I, I mean, they finally took John Merrill out because of the same type of thing. But I would rather play young defensemen who might make some mistakes, but at least they can try and cover up. Um, I just don't see how that works. But, yeah, I, I mean, this was a, a, a piecemeal-together roster tonight. I will say this. Um, Quickly, to Mark, your point about the yeah. them looking tired. You're right about that nine-minute mark, but that final 
three minutes. It was painful to watch this team tonight try to get Mark Andre Fleury to the bench for the. Oh, extra they couldn't half. do it. It was. Yep, it I was, was like it. they were like skating in mud trying to get up the ice. They, I, yeah. No passes were connecting. It was kind of half effort dump and chase. We're gonna throw it in hard around the end wall, but we're gonna mosey on over to the corner and maybe we'll throw a body. I don't know. And then he, they you know, look so gassed, dude. I, they look like they played they, like back to back, back to back games. Yes. Why, why are they so tired? What New Year's activities did this team happen upon that they look so dead tired here for the final twenty minutes? I think in some cases you're asking guys to play more than than they're capable of playing. Um, I think in some cases um, you've got guys that aren't. You know, here here's a, a prime example. I think, and I do like him. And look, he got red hot once John Hines became coach. But you know, Matt Boldy. Um, he ain't going to carry you by himself. And so I think, I think it was a bunch of factors and I get as frustrated as anyone with teams when I sense that they quit or they don't, but I just sensed with about nine or eight minutes left in the third period tonight age, they were just tuckered out. Like they had given their all and that, and that's it. And you know, when you're without Caprice when you're without the stars, it's tougher, but, but here's the thing too, to not mince this conversation if this is what's going to take place now as the deadline approaches i think you've got to be very cognizant of the fact that um if you guys if you've got guys out for an extended period of time and you're giving up valuable points right now you cannot afford this you're gonna have to look towards next season like like this is going to get to a point where because are you really going to uh sell your soul are you really going to basically try to start or not start you right now are playing what amounts to playoff games. Like you're trying to get points. There's no nights that you can take off. Are you going to do that and, and, you know, not try to deal off some parts? Because I think this is, I think this stretch might give you a definitive direction. And it's not to say that John Hines is not the guy, because that's not my point. But my point is this is going to cause you to have to make some decisions. And if this continues and you are playing Western conference teams and you are, as you pointed out, you are getting zero points and you're giving up two and that's in your conference at some point in time. I think you have to make a call. Not yet, but at some point soon. Yeah. Um, Robbie said it. I believe it was the uh, comment that I posted just before Mike's here. But like, at what point do you take that assessment? NHL trade deadline this year is March 8th. So you got about two months to kind of weigh those options. But we're also in a society now, a hockey culture now, where teams are starting to trade earlier than that. You're not seeing those yes. flurry Correct. of trades before because they want the acquisitions for those meaningful connections to get into the team, build that chemistry, start gelling. So in reality, maybe you like a month and a half at the most. But in reality, if you are making a decision as Bill Guerin on what you're doing, if you're sitting pad, if you're moving guys – February, like Valentine's Day, is like the the very latest. You're, you're you're looking at maybe the the first week of February is when you're really starting to make those decisions. So this next month, January, this is like your do or die time for the Minnesota Wild. This is where the guys in the locker room need to kind of bu buckle down and say, "Hey, we're either gonna get this going, or we're packing it in, and we're gonna we're gonna part ways at some point before the yep. end of the year." Um, so it this next month is just so crucial for the direction of this team. Yep, but as as a, I, just a, a comment again from a GA007, 
but who can you trade? And that's a whole different conversation. And you're exactly right. Like you've given out no trade clauses to a ton of guys that that's correct. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of guys you simply can't trade. And so like, as as I look down this roster, um, there aren't a ton of guys. There are a few that you can probably try and move, but you know, but the issue, I guess my point is this, the clock is now because of your start. The clock is ticking on your playoff chances. Like this is not a, well, if they don't get get the points to get in the playoffs now, they'll get them later. No, when you get off to a bad start, you come back and you get hot and then guys get, get hurt. And so it's not a shock that you certainly lost tonight. Disappointing, but not a shock. This was a key game. And so I don't know. I don't know exactly when a decision would be be made i don't know who bill would move but i do think that we are getting to a critical point here where you know caprice has ages week to week now gustafson's week to week not day to day not they might be back on thursday we don't know we don't know when got you know um and and the problem with with the sport is guys go out who we don't even know are hurt I guess Felino has a lingering problem. I don't know about that. He played on Sunday and looked fine to me. Heck, we talked about it. He's running around the ice. He looked fantastic. Um, you know, Zuccarello hasn't played since when? Pittsburgh. So, like, there's a lot of, of long-term. Brodeen's not skating yet. Yeah. At least Matt's is skating. So, like, this is not, you know, oh, this guy's banged up, and he'll, but he'll be back in a couple of days. We don't know. And And, look, I mean, God bless him. The guys, you know, Sammy, Walker, Patan, that whole group, Luchini. they're going to, they're, yeah, Lucini, they're going to give their all. They're going to try, but they were in the minor leagues for a reason. Mm-hmm. And now you've got far too many of them c- coming up and, you know, Patan is playing a key role tonight. Like he was out there late in the game and I, I don't blame Hines, mm-hmm. but like all of these things put you in a real, real predicament. Yeah, you... I I don't want to have to watch Jake Lucini try to go coast to coast butter toast just to like get this team going. Like, I, thank you. I, I I don't understand why some of the bigger name guys can't take on this role. Like Kaprizov is out. That is the biggest hole on this team. Matt Boldy, and you mentioned this before, he's not going to carry you, but you need to step up. And this is your time to like get in fuego, get hot. Um, there, 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 there were times where, and granted he's putting beautiful passes on there that Marcus Johansson just isn't finishing and Matt Boldy can't pass and shoot the puck himself. Um, right. but you have to be the player that gets the gears turning. You have to, you have to be able to just get this. You have to make the train leave yeah. the station is what I'm, is all I'm asking for. I'm not going right. to do too much, but just wave the bell. Hey, all aboard. Let's get moving. Get some momentum swinging because if you get one dirty, ugly, disgusting goal, rotten, I don't care. That's going to be enough. Like Maroon, and they tried, and they tried tonight. And they were crashing the net just, in the third, left and just, right. Mar- Marstrom got pissed off and speared Rossi in the leg. <laughs> but but you know you know at the end of the day, the problem is, is this too. Age, your top line gave you zero points. Yes, Erickson, Eck, Boldy, and Johansson. It can't look pretty. It has to go in the net. Like there is no, there's no room for, well, I mean, they got some other production. No, mm-hmm. when you're down as many guys as they are, that top line has to, has to get you a goal or two goals. Uh, they certainly had their chances. It's not like they didn't. Markstrom, to your point from the top of the show, played really, really well, but that you need that line to score. And if they yeah. don't score the odds in the current predicament, the odds are very much against you coming away with two points. 
yeah, it. I did not expect Mark Trump to have as good of a game as he did. So, I mean, credit to him for, for I wouldn't say winning the game for the Flames because they they played all right as a team and they clearly were a little bit more conditioned than this Minnesota Wild Club tonight. But it was their goaltending is what it came down to for the deciding factor. Um, like I want to say Mark Andre Fleury was the better goalie just because of how like the not to no pun intended right here, but the flurry of shots he faced in especially in that first early like yep. they were making him work I, I made a joke about it but like what they were forcing him to do in the first 30 minutes of this game was almost elder abuse like he should not have to to uh, fend off this many shots with many this many toe saves the acrobatics he should not have to do that that early in the game like you're, you're just doubling its workload for no reason on top of he's going to have to double his workload with Gus being out. The team needs to, I, I, is it time for another closed door meeting, John? Or is that what we're going to report no. to here any second? <laughs> no, because I don't think that they're not, I, I don't think this is a, a chemistry problem. I don't think that this is a, like, like you just need that first line to score. And, and I don't, I think they're trying. Like I, I didn't, I got the sense tonight and you, you put it perfectly. At the end of the game, it looked like they were skating in mud. It didn't look. It looked like they cared. They just couldn't generate. Yeah. Um, okay, I got two more things for you. Yeah. Okay. Annual Brock Faber praise, but it's a question. It comes in the form of a question. Okay. Okay. It has occurred to me, and I don't know if this is backed up by the stats or not. I think it might be. Last three or four games, the second power play, which gets out there with about thirty seconds left, is more effective than the first one. And here's my here's my question. Haven't we seen enough for Faber to play with the first power play and Spurgeon to play with the second? If nothing else, and Faber was doing this in the third and I loved it, he started shooting. And and the Flames and Wild were guilty of this again. It's going to drive me. It's going to drive me to hate the game I love. The overpassing makes me want to just puke in the press box. Like you got guys in the slot. It's not just a wild thing either. The Flames do the same BS. You got guys in the slot and they pass the puck. And it's like, are you an idiot? If you shoot the puck and I know I'm afraid it might get blocked. Well, first of all, I'm talking down low. So I'm not talking pucks that are probably going to be blocked. Um, But Faber, I loved it from the point. And I just started to sort of fire away. And he doesn't have like a howitzer, but he's got a really good wrist shot. It's tactical. Like it, it's yeah, a, it's but a, Spurge Spurge isn't he's not is tactical. I mean, yeah, he's Spurge. Okay, he's great. Yeah. He's captain. Gee whiz, he invites people to his house. I love it. But Brock Faber put <laughs> him on the first. Put him on the first power play. It ain't it ain't like Spurge has been Bobby Orr his entire career. You know he yeah. he wasn't on the first power play at the start of the season. It was Caitlin Addison. Mm-hmm. So could we get Brock Faber? Because I'd rather have somebody that's a perfect description i'd rather have somebody take tactical wrist shots that create rebounds than i would spurge who i i feel like far too much now looks to try and move the puck yeah and i this this is something i thought was left in the past with the coaching change but if something is it broke why why try to fix it you know with spurgeon's timeout brock faber was doing just fine on the top power play unit so why is it that when spurgeon comes back immediately we're slotting him back in onto that top power. I don't know. It doesn't make sense until Brock Faber doesn't deserve it. He shouldn't be moved. If anything, bump one of the forwards off. If you really want to put Spurgeon up there, that shouldn't be the solution, but it should also should not be moving Brock Faber down to have to try to facilitate to no offense, Pat Maroon and uh, Marcus Johansson, who right now are not like, that's just not the answer. Brock Faber's, his talent and skills 
are on the top line, or they, excuse me, the top power play unit with a Matt Boldy, a Ryan Hartman, a Marco Rossi, and a Jewel Erickson. Like that is mm-hmm. who he should be playing with, not Pat Maroon and Marcus Johansson. Exactly. And he seems to have an idea of how to create off of that with with shots. That's what drives me nuts now. You have so many guys that are just looking to pass the puck around, right? Pass, 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 then a shot. Well, I'd rather the shot just comes from the point if you can get it through, which because of the wrist shot, he actually does. The the worst thing, in my opinion, in 2024, the worst thing that you can do on on the power play is just blast away because it's going to get blocked. But then it's the other way. Exactly. But with what and and back in my day, when in in the days of uh, of Doug Wilson with Chicago, Reed Larson with the wings, they would blast, but it would get through because guys didn't want to block it back then because of the equipment. But now, yeah, if you can get the puck on net and at least get it to to the net and a rebound, I'd rather have a rebound than a pass. I think a rebound can be a more effective thing because it's because there's more confusion passing the defenders exit know where the puck is going a rebound nobody including the goaltender necessarily knows yeah and this team has shown i think all season long that when they're on the power play they're not necessarily passing rapid enough and fast enough to make the goalie and the defense move to where they're getting out of position. That's where your shot and rebounds are going to come into play because it's mm-hmm. just, you're pinballing at that point. That's going to force the wide open backdoor chance that a Pat Maroon, like we saw tonight, that puck, that was not a, an intended pass. That was a chance, a rebound. It came to him. He had the entire net. He could have had a tea party and then still put it in, Jug. And that's the first, I believe it's first since late November. First yeah, goal. I, yeah, I. I've been waiting on that. It's been a while for him. But He's Patty Baroud. I'm not, I'm not expecting him much. to have a. I'm not expecting to be prolific, but you know, I I've just been sitting on a Pat Maroon goal. That's all. But Kerry is exactly right. Faber is a beast. He's earned his place on the top power play. We all heard, well, he didn't play the power play with the Gophers, and he hadn't played the power play here. Well, guess what? He's really good. He's really good, and I would prefer that he gets to be at the point. If you're going to have one defenseman, I would prefer with that top unit, it'd be Faber and not Spurgeon. Okay, last thing uh, before we... wrap up the show and we're, we're going to talk about this more extensively on a JHS tomorrow uh, with Declan and Jesse Pierce. But I want to ask you, yes. um, I'm guessing you saw this. What was your whole opinion of this Ryan Hartman thing? And I told you it wasn't done. Everyone said, well, no, the fight at the start of the game was like, that's just two heavyweights. That doesn't solve anything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It sets the tone that they're going to be nasty, but I told you there was going to be a vendetta where the wild was going to go after a skill guy. Cole Perfetti, it turns out, took a stick on purpose from Ryan Hartman, I believe, in the first period. Hartman was fined the max. I don't even recall it, but Hartman purposely raised his stick into Perfetti's face, uh, cut him. He took a couple of stitches. Perfetti also said, I was mic'd up. And Hartman essentially apologized and said um, that that that's for Kirill had to do it. Sorry about that, um, which the league cannot use against him because part of the agreement is mic'd up stuff cannot be used against a player because the players obviously have to allow those mics. Yeah. But what was your opinion of of this whole thing? Because that basically meant that when Felino uh, in the post game on Sunday said, well, the fight at the start that took care of things and we weren't going to get Brendan, you know, the thing with. Dylan was done. What did you think of that 2024 um, vendetta and or payback? All right. Um, people might get mad at this because I, I don't 
I'm not going to lean super hard to either side of the fence here. First off, I was surprised to find out Michael Russo tweeted this out. Players are alerted before every game if any players on the opposing team are wearing a mic. So this isn't like it should have been a surprise for Ryan Hartman. He should have known and had the conscious effort of, okay, the guy that I'm going to put my stick blade into his face right here out this face off, he's mic'd up. And me telling him I'm going to do that and apologize afterwards, like this is going to be picked up. Um, So that should not be a a surprise for him or anybody else. Do I I like that that has to happen? No. I, I don't want anybody headhunting at any means just similar i don't want the jets to go after the superstar for the minnesota wild that is kirill kaprizov i don't i however the 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 nhl has set it up to where if the officials are not going to protect the players and the higher level players like they i think are supposed to and have very long like commentated on oh we've got the best refs in the league um out of any sports whatever blah 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 we you know player safety first if you're not going to do that who, who is supposed to? That's where it falls onto the players. So do I think that should be the response? No, but I think the NHL has almost forced it to be the, because, you know, that's just, all, that's not to go after old hockey, but that's the old hockey way. And that's the unwritten rule. And um, it's the, it's the behind the scenes stuff and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, frankly, it shouldn't have to happen to begin with, but the fact that the wild were put in a position I don't think that it's I, I don't think it's the worst thing that it did, because at the end of the day, Cole, Cole Perfetti, he's got to deal with a fat lip for a couple days. Right. He, he's got he's got a few stitches. He's right. got A fat lip. Kirill Kaprizov is out week to week. Right. Cole, Cole Perfetti's playing the next game for the Jets. It's as simple as that. So it's not like it was necessarily an eye for an eye. Um, it's it, it the NHL needs to figure out what they're going to do to limit this type of activity. And it stems from hits because it, we, we saw that spree of just kind of no or uh, hits from behind earlier in the year that it seemed there was just no repercussions, no repercussions whatsoever. And I know they probably can't change things mid season, but it has to be a conversation between GMs, owners, whoever the rules committee is on that. There needs to be a major overhaul before the next season. Yeah, the, what you're t- talking about, too, is um, is very true. Now, that's partially guys also have to prepare to be hit. What, what I didn't like about the Kaprizov thing was it was not one, but it was a second cross check. Yes. Um, you shouldn't have to prepare for cross checks. Now, I do think that, that there have been hits I've seen where guys where fights start or guys get hurt. And it's like, dude, this is the National Hockey League. you got to be prepared for hits. Cross checks. OK, yeah, you're going to get cross-checked on occasion but brendan dylan in that case cross-checked him once and then took it and just you know laid the wood a second time and that's where he got hurt kaprizov being he um but here's what i don't like about the whole thing okay so hockey is there's there is justice at times and i agree that the wild should have targeted a skilled player i mean brendan dylan i'm not what what am I going to do there? He fought. He fought Middleton. That took care of that. Um, but you're you're not going to go around taking gratuitous cheap shots at a defenseman like that. I mean, it just it's 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 a waste of your time. Um, but here's what I really hate. Why is that the revenge? Why is that how you're going to do it? First of all, I am anti stick. I mean, okay, you're going to take a stick to a guy's face. God forbid you blind him, okay? Yeah. Um, and, and, and here's the other problem. Nobody knew he did. Like, so, so that's what he did. 
Nobody who was at the game realized it until today when the fine came out. And then Perfetti said, yeah, it's on tape. He apologized. I hate the apology. If you're going to do it, don't apologize. This is hockey. Own it. This is well, yeah. And, and if you want to, that's fine. But here's the other thing. And it doesn't even have to be illegal. What I would have done is I would have said, boys, defensemen, especially when Cole Perfetti, who's not a very big guy, but he's skilled, comes into our zone. I want you to concentrate on him and not in. And, and if you happen to knock him off his skates or punish him the entire game, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's what you do. That's to me, that's where it, and it doesn't need to be swinging your stick. It certainly does not need, need to be taking your stick to a person's face, yeah. which I totally don't get. Um, but, you know, but if you have a chance, if, if you've got a good hit on Cole Perfetti, you take that hit. Because it's going to hurt. Um, that's what I don't understand about this entire thing. And I guess, I guess my objection is, well, one, I, I, I don't like the fact that people did not realize that the Wild was going to target a skilled player. That's how the sport works. And, oh, it's 2000. It's a barbaric sport. Come on. Let's be honest about it. Okay. I mean, it's yeah. a great sport. I love it. But, but you know, oh, they, they weren't going to do that. And then, of course, they're like, well, we took care of business. No, you didn't. You had a vendetta. You went and got him. Okay, that's fine. But it's how you did it I didn't like. You know, first of all, it was like two stitches. Second of all, worst case is again, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put a stick into a guy's face because that's his eyes. Yeah. Now, now will I hit him? Will I slam him into the boards? Absolutely. It's hockey. And, and if I have to fight, that's absolutely fine. So, and, but, but the other thing too, so just to last point about this. Yeah. At the end of the second period on Sunday, I was watching in front of the Jets goal and that that's the long change period. So the Jets goal is right in front of where I sit in the press box and Dylan and, um, and Hartman are having this long conversation and it's plenty contentious, but you can tell they're not going to fight. And I think they were talking about this. And I think Hartman was explaining now in retrospect this is what I did because you knocked our guy out and I had a former player and, 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 and this, I watched it and he's exactly right. You know what the problem is today's players, partially because they're friends, like they all skate together in the summer, right? Or, yeah. or for lack of a better term, pardon my French, they bitch at each other. Like, like kids, like instead of just throwing down or instead of MFing, like they, like Hartman and, and Dylan are having this verbal spat. It's Quick, like what uh, drives me crazy. I'll get, I'll, I'll fill you in on the new uh, young hip term because I just kind of found so that yapping. There's a lot of yapping going on, a lot of yapping. It's, it's but, too much too much tummy sticks is what I believe the kids also call it. I I don't want you to be friends with these guys in the middle. Tummy of the sticks. Tummy sticks because you know you go up to the blue like ah hey good to see you man. I'll see you in the off season blah blah blah. I want if 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 one of your star players goes down like some of the people in the comments are saying here and Philip here. There are more than enough opportunities, like you said too. If Cole Perfetti brings it in, in a, like an offensive zone rush, you know what? Maybe you sacrifice good b- defensive positioning for a big legal hit, and you're going to yeah. do that for sixty consecutive minutes because they did it the night before. So you're going to do it the next night as well. You know, right? Uh, it, 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 yeah. It's and Felino sort of did that, but what I don't get is, um, you know, target their skilled guys and exactly. The, he, and but I'll, I'll tell you the one place where you see this constant tummy sticks, you see this constant yapping penalty boxes. Now, watch penalty boxes. If there is offsetting penalties, 
watch how much there's a back and forth. And it used to be guys would stand up and basically you could read their lips and yeah. they weren't nice words. Now it looks like they're literally arguing about that. Well, you did this. No, you did this. Come on, guys. Stop with it. Let's grow up. And if you want to throw down, throw down. And if you want to um, and, and, and look, if a guy's not prepared for, for a hit, this part of it also is driving me crazy because I don't expect you if a guy has his back turned, you know what? Don't go in and charge the guy because you could do a lot of bad things. But I also see guys completely unprepared and they're amazed. There, there was a hit. I want to say it was the Flyers Devils about a month ago. Luke Hughes, completely unprepared, took a big hit. And Jack, his brother, got incensed. And it's like, that's on Luke. You got to be, dude, if you get wiped out like that, because I think he was turned sideways. Again, if you don't have your back to the boards, I agree with that. You shouldn't. That's that's a, a garbage hit. But if you're turned and you get smoked, that's your problem. That's your fault. Uh, but, yeah, this is this whole thing of your stick is the retribution and nobody even knows. Come on. Give me a break. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I did get back to your point about the talking, the penalty. Like, give me the you may maybe you remember this, but the, there's a Stefan Veyu clip when he was with the Wild. He goes to the box with somebody from the Avalanche and he is just incensed. He's enraged. And Stefan Veyu is just making fun of him for having no teeth. And that's yeah. it. He does the gums. That's it. And back. Yeah. It was somebody I want to say on the Senators the other night. I can't remember his name, but same thing. He's getting an earful. He just turns. You know, wah, wah, and then, you know, back and focused on the game. You don't need to have a conversation here. This is right. not debate club. You go to the penalty box for two minutes, you uh, like, you feel shame, and then you leave. Yeah. Get back out on the ice. And if you want to go fight, I'm fine. I don't give yeah. a crap about that. But, yeah, no, you're exactly right. Okay. Um, unfortunately, the Wild Drops, a third consecutive game, they lose to Calgary. We will be back with the JHS tomorrow. As I mentioned with Declan and Jesse, age, as always, a uh, Great work. If you are available, we could certainly do this again on Thursday when the Tampa Bay Lightning are in town. Um, score North, we got a lot of stuff. We got flagrant howls. We got purple daily. We got a twin show in which we do the immaculate grid. Age is always working on stuff to get it posted. Uh, he does a great job. We appreciate it, and we will see you soon on Judd's Hockey Show.